Alright, so I just did a podcast with my buddy Ruben. I went on his podcast before and we talked about dating during the pandemic and after I was married for 13 years he called me a baby bird and talked like I was like completely clueless about dating, which in hindsight he's correct. So now it was my turn to interview him. By the way, I was going I went back on his podcast. It was me, Ruben and then this other guy, Raphael. So we all have different religious upbringings. So he talked to us about kind of how that plays into dating this time. So check him out. It's uh, In the Shower with Ruben Beatty, Betty, B-E-A-T-T-Y. So he's got his head poking out the shower. He's very friendly, got a big old smile. So, well, hopefully you guys enjoy this one. He goes over a lot of like, uh, it's like perfect for my podcast because guys had a lot of trials in life. And nothing's ever slowed him. He's never been like slowed down. He's resilient and bounces back. And so hope you guys enjoy this. This will be part one. And then I'll release part two like tomorrow or the next day or I don't sometime. So love you guys. Experience true vulnerability, how to overcome trials. You will laugh, cry, and experience everything in between. Welcome to the King of Corona Podcast. Brought to you by Tyler Griffith. Oh, yeah. What? I'll do a no comment. (laughs) Plead the fifth, I plead the fifth. Like Uh, like I said, no one pays. My family members don't listen to mine. (laughs) So where do you see the uh, volume? I started this. I just want to make sure it's recording okay. So if you click that one. So yeah, so our mics are going good. Okay, cool. Yeah. All right, so I'm here with Ruben. He was actually, I was on his podcast. Yep. Say hello. <laughs> Hi, everybody. How y'all doing? So Ruben, the reason I want Ruben to come on my podcast is because, so I actually rented an apartment from Ruben about two years ago. Yeah. A year and a half ago, two years ago. Yeah, well, no, yeah, it's about a year and a half. We'll go yeah, go so ahead. I kind of I was looking for an apartment, and sometimes it's like the apartment sells itself. Sometimes the person sells the apartment. Ruben, this guy's got some, he's got some sales skills. Thank you. But uh, no, we became pretty good friends. So he'd do some pretty fun uh, pool parties, a lot of uh, bingo nights, yes. barbecues. Bingo night. I lost my voice completely after the bingo night. Yeah, right? <laughs> my, kid, my kids loved all that stuff, though. I'm glad they did because, I mean, I was, I was, what was bad is I actually had to come to work that following day and talk. And oh, you did. And it didn't work out that well. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely should have yeah. sign language. <laughs> that, so that's what kind of like drew me. So I get drawn to like personalities. Mm. And so Ruben's just got this like big, bigger than life personality where it's like, he gets the microphone and he just kind of like takes the stage. Mm-hmm. And so to me, it's like, I think a lot of people shy away from that personality. Right. But from like, you did that pool party that week one. Yes. And so <laughs> you didn't know I had a big personality also. No, no. So we did a pool party and um, I always have karaoke at the pool parties. And Tyler just, first of all, <laughs> 
You just there was already <laughs> yeah. some issues with Tyler being at the pool party because literally all of the girls just flocked to him. All the women, whether they were married or not, just flocked right over to Tyler, and some of their husbands were there. <laughs> um, yeah. So there was a some a lot of guys had a lot of problems with that. They were not not okay with Tyler being there. And then um, we had the karaoke, and Tyler got up. And was getting ready to sing um, Backstreet Boys. Backstreet Boys. And I remember a group of guys that was sitting next to me. And the words that said, <laughs> if this motherfucker can sing. <laughs> and then Tyler got up there and he can sing, which pissed all They're like, well, then eventually they're like, well, if you can't beat him, join him. So then all of them started singing Backstreet so Boys. Fun. It was so fun. So Tyler, yes, it was. I was yeah. not expecting that from Tyler. So you, it was just fun. So like, when you put your true self out there, it connects to like similar personalities. Right. And so for me and him, it was just like the start of like a pretty good friendship. Right. And I so agree. we, yeah, we started to just talk, and then I moved out, and then just ever since we've kind of been in communication. So, but because he's got, um, he's got this really big personality. For me, I like to bring people on my show, mm-hmm. and kind of the whole point of my show is like. You look at life and then you try to pinpoint places where maybe you got stuck. Right. And so where did you get stuck and how are like, how did you break through or how did you become like more true to you through something that maybe was like limiting you or if you had like limiting beliefs. And so I'll like, I just talked to somebody, Miranda. Mm-hmm. And so she came on my show. She was Jehovah's witness. Right. And a lot of times religion is something that will restrict kind of what we do with our life. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of want to start there, like with your upbringing. So when you were raised, what were you raised? I was raised Baptist and my upbringing, I, I was, I've always been in the church. Like I've been in the church since I was three years old. I was baptized when I was five. I mean, I went through, I, I've always been in church. My mom is a preacher and my mom is from the Caribbean islands. And so you can I, have preachers, male, female. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So um, my mom, while she doesn't preach actively here in the city, um, she's just always been known as a preacher. So, um, uh, but with that, you have to, you're just brought up so very strict type of way. And my mom is from the Caribbean. And I, as I mentioned, as I've said many (laughs) times, um, um, Caribbean Baptist is very different than U.S. Baptist. They (laughs) way stricter, way different. They do just do things totally different. So um, with that, I've always been in the church. But as I got older, um, I think for me, I just kind of, I stepped away from being in the church and stay in being going to church every Sunday. But what was so like, what, sorry, but uh, so I just want to know like, what were like the, they were strict. So I grew up Mormon. Right. And so we've talked about this, but like, I remember you, you said like, you couldn't put color in your hair. Yes. So what, what were they strict about? Like, what was the restriction? So my, well, restrictions more so my mom was just super strict. Um, and then, um, but I, but the church wasn't always this strict, but my mom was very strict okay. to me growing up. Like 
that you you just couldn't do certain things. Like I have a really loud laugh and it drives. <laughs> no, you don't. no, I'm super quiet. <laughs> and it drives my mom absolutely batshit crazy. Well, it did when I was younger. Now she has no choice because I'm older and yeah. because she can't do anything. And what's funny is my niece has a very similar laugh. So now she's like, oh crap. <laughs> Oh, so and then my niece also imitates my laugh which makes it 20 times worse <laughs> but i did yes you're right i did mention i did tell you about a story that um my one of my before i was in apartment leasing and property management i was a full-time barber okay and color was my area of expertise i was a color specialist i just can understand the color processing very easily but with that when you're a barber just the same thing as with your tattoo artist tattoo artists usually have a lot of tattoos on their bodies yeah, and stuff it's their like art that. it's their art so with when you're dealing with a barber um and you're a color specialist that your hair color tends to change yeah, what makes lot. sense and it got to the point where my hair color would change to match my outfits on Sundays. <laughs> <laughs> like if I was oh, wearing black awesome. and purple, my hair had my hair was black with purple highlights. So yeah. my hair would always change. And there was an incident where I was it was relayed to me that if my hair color was not all black, um, I would not be able to participate in the uh, church anniversary uh, that following that for that Sunday. No, um, was that from your mom or was that? No, from that the, came from the pastor. Of so the that church. was from the church. That was so from the, the church. church. Was the, like, the church was a little strict, strict but it came, it came to strictness where it came to more so about appearances. Because at this point, my church also had ventured into being broadcasted, yeah. so they always wanted to have this form of uniformity. And I was always in the front row of the choir. Plus, I was also on the dance team and everything. And one thing that was always said to me was, is that one thing that was definitely said to me about the dance team is that my movement in my dance is just a little provocative. Too, no, not provocative. <laughs> no, yeah, I can I can definitely distinguish the okay. two, Tyler. <laughs> not, they're just bigger. Yeah. My movements is grander and bigger than everyone else's. So I always stood out more than anyone else. So what was what they would want me to do is kind of like dial down my level of energy and or my level of skill set to match everyone else. And if you've ever heard me speak to I don't do mediocre. Yeah, you yeah. <laughs> I don't do mediocre. I it's it's all so it sounds like nothing. you were like your restriction was like your individuality. It was right. try to fit in with like what everybody else is doing. Right. And like you're a shining star. Don't shine so bright, maybe. Mm -hmm. Problem is, is that I'm a headliner. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a headliner. I'm always going to be a headliner. I'm not a backup dancer. I'm not a backup singer. <laughs> I'm definitely, you're coming to see me. I'm the person you paid your money to come see. <laughs> you're not the opening act. No. You're going to close that. Thing right. Out. I'm okay. right. I'm, and doing an encore. <laughs> so this is where I ran into a lot of issues with that is that my, they just, you're, as you said, my individuality just was out and was not as appreciated. They wanted me to yeah. do that. And to give some little bit of insight behind that, especially when it comes to dancing, I was in a car accident when I was in the end of my sophomore year going into my junior year. And okay. I was paralyzed from the waist down. I remember you telling me and, about this. And um, they, I was, they, I wasn't supposed to walk again. So you were full paralyzed. I was full paralyzed on one, on the left side. Okay. My right side, I could still move, but my left side, I couldn't. Um, so they had to do a lot of work and everything and stuff like that. And when you're when something like that is taken away from you and then you get it back, you just want to freaking move all the damn yeah. time because you just couldn't. I mean, so wait, can it, I touch on that for a second? Yeah. 
So full. So how were you getting around? Was it crutches, wheelchair? It was a know? wheelchair. So it happened my last day of school. I was yeah. walking home from school. My mom had told me to stay at the school, and I just didn't want to do that. My mom was a, is a, cos- a former cosmetologist, and I knew the longer she's away from her client, the le- the worse it is. So I would yeah. always start walking. I was walking. I was in the crosswalk, and a truck ran me over. So, so you got hit by a truck. I got hit by a truck in the crosswalk. <laughs> so, yeah, um, yes. So destroyed one of your legs. Just totally trashed it. Um, how long were you? How long? Was I was in the I was in the wheelchair for the whole summer. Okay. And then by the time school started um, that fall, I was able to walk somewhat again with a cane or um, crutches. So you're one of those miracle stories. Um, yes. My mom d- always tells me I'm her kid with nine lives because apparently yeah. I keep having these like life-changing or life Because that's pretty thing. huge. Yeah. That's huge. And I just keep bouncing back. My thing is I, I'm clearly here to do something. Yeah. I just don't know what it is. Yeah. Um, but I Seems like you're finding it, though. I Yeah. I think I'm finding it. He's got a He's got a podcast also. It's, yeah. Tell him what it's it is. It's called In the Shower. We'll some throw you, that in there now. Some, some people, some of you might have listened to it because we, me and Tyler have done uh, an episode. We actually just did another one, so we'll look out for that one as well. Yeah. But yeah, it's called In the Shower. You can check it out. So, um, so hopefully that's what it might, might, what I'm supposed to be here for is talk. Yeah, so <laughs> I'll get us back on track. So like you had this accident. Um, and so like you were saying, you like to dance. Like mm-hmm. you like to dance. And so when you got your leg, so how right. long the recovery was – took the summer to actually start moving a little bit. Yeah, it, the recovery was probably about a year and a half because after I was once I went back to school, um they flew in a specialist, he examined me and he told me what was wrong. Mm-hmm. Um that was right at right as right in the beginning of school and I wanted to wait until um November which had been Thanksgiving break to have the surgery that they said that would correct the issue. Okay. Um, that was not an option. The longer I waited, the worse it got. It was to the point where you could literally hear just from Ooh. moving my leg, bones grinding together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I had to have it immediately. Unfortunately, I did not recover the way they expected me to recover. So it took me out of school like that whole year. That oh, would have wow. been my junior year. So I was actually a super senior. Okay. <laughs> so it took me out my whole junior year and everything and, I, and for me to recover with surgeries yeah. and all that other stuff. And then I came back. So you missed you missed a year. So then you had to go back to your junior year? I had to come back. By this time when I came back, I was technically classified as far yeah. as titling as a senior, but credit-wise as a junior. Okay. So, so you didn't do like homeschool or anything? I did do homeschooling for a period of time. It just didn't work. The tutoring yeah. they sent me, he'd lost all of my classwork. Okay. <laughs> what's, what is that, was that year? Like, was that a year where you had a lot of like self, because nobody has that in high school and like everybody right. just does high school and like, it's like sports and plays and blah, right. blah, blah. So you got this year. Mm-hmm. We just get to sit there and think about like, I a think lot. How the, was thinking, that year? the thinking really came in the three months of the wheelchair. Okay. Once, and because it, it re, I'm a, as you said, I'm a real upbeat person. So it really, really bothered me that I just was in this wheelchair because my day consisted of me waking up, my mom and my sisters carrying me to um, the restroom and everything. So hard and stuff for like that. My bedroom was upstairs. So then they had to bring me downstairs and they had to cart me into the car. <laughs> then get me. I went to my mom's salon every day and I just sat in front of the TV 
And when I wanted ice cream, they would wheel me across. Because <laughs> that was my thing. I only wanted ice cream. They so would bad. wheel me across to 7-Eleven. I'd get wow. a Twix ice cream bar. Yeah. <laughs> so um, Those Twix ice cream bars are they, they, they're the shit. They are fire. <laughs> <laughs> so I think the thinking really came into during that three months. And there was just something that clicked that says, I'm going to make this freaking wheelchair look amazing. If yeah. I'm going to be in this wheelchair, I'm going to do this like the right way. Um, and then I just kept working and working and working. And eventually I got to that point. So when the year happened for me to take off from school, essentially not to be there, I was already in, I had already gone through that mindset so much of thinking that my main focus was at this point was to get to the point where I don't need any aid to yeah. help me walk. I was just in a determination so cool. sort of mindset at that point. So that determination though, mm -hmm. like at work, you finally got back to walking, which I'm sure to go through, like, because there's not, do you know anybody else that's gone through something like that? No. So you're the only person. Yeah. So that's one thing I talk about a lot on my podcast and why I like to interview people. Right. Is because there's like defining moments in people's lives where it's yeah. like nobody has that perspective that you have right. with that. Right. And so I would imagine going through something like that builds this character that like nobody can even understand. Yeah. And so you feel like, You've told me this is impossible by doctors, yeah. like all these adults. I'm this kid. Mm -hmm. And then I overcame all these odds. Yeah. So now nobody's going to be able to tell me what I can't do. Right. And that's where I was once I ventured into the church when I was starting. Because originally I was never on the dance team. Yeah. Um, and then when they started it and everything, and when you're telling me, when you're telling a person who's dancing that they're dancing too big, especially in a church, especially in a church. Um, that they're dancing too big. I don't understand how you can say that to someone um, because you don't know their story. You've not walked in their shoes. You've not walked and gone through what they've gone through. So how it's essentially saying, we need you to turn down your level of worship because it's too big for, it's, it's overpowering to everyone else. Yeah. And that's not fair. Um, and that is where me, we would, but I mean, we would butt heads with that all the time. Yeah. And even years after I still would run into that problem because <laughs> I just, <laughs> so they, don't... Nev they never like created a space for you just to be like, all right, guys, Ruben, he's this, like, we cannot put him in this box that we're trying to create. No, let's let him just like be up front stage and give him some solos no. and i actually would i never got a solo probably specifically never. i got a solo in a group dance but just like a my own Dang. and then my they own missed they missed so many would, opportunities they know, with they, that they're like no we're not about you would have blown that church up <laughs> yeah recruiting so many people yeah i mean essentially i did either way because i don't necessarily even though i always i'm the headliner yeah i can be the headliner in a group setting and still outshine you like yeah. that's just, it, it's not, that's it's not your energy. It's my energy. And it's not cocky or anything like that. I just know how I am. Yeah. Um, so I just, I just shine. That's just how I am. I'm just a big personality. I'm that bulb that's in the Broadway light that never goes out. Yeah. I'm always a 2000 Watts. And that's what, <laughs> and I like, and I recognize that like in you. Mm -hmm. So it's like when you're at a pool party. Right. And it's like, it's very obvious that it's like, all right, Ruben is the one like everybody's looking at. Right. Cause you got that big personality and it's just, you do own like right. who you are right. and not that many people do own it. Right. So for me, I'm curious, like how do people get to the point where they're like, how did you, were, did you, were you born kind of like that? Were you born? My mom says I was like that. My mom okay. said that I've always been a kid that's just 
just marched to the beat of his own drum. Like she would, she's told me many stories where I would, she would tell me not to do something and I would do the complete total opposite and do it anyways. Like that was just who I am. Like she, I just do it. That's just how I am. I like to be out there. I've been singing and I've been on stage since I've been in the fifth grade. So I think that also plays a lot into it. When you, not only did I grow up in church, I also grew up on stage. So it's like ingrained in me just to be on all the time. Um, so it just comes naturally to me. Yeah. Cause you, you've told me a lot of stories. I remember you telling me, cause you, cause right now you work like with the apartments mm-hmm. and then from what I can tell, like your personality. Yeah. That's all I could see you like, obviously being like on a game show, like hosting a game right. show, doing something like right. big, you know? Yeah. I'm trying and to so, be on the Real Housewives of Atlanta. And the call if you listen. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Any one of the franchises actually. <laughs> so I'm so like. For me, I look at personalities like yours and I'm like, so because we kind of talked about you did American Idol and you made it pretty far in American Idol. I did, yeah. And it sounds like you had some like opportunities to almost take off, mm-hmm. but was it was kind of like a, you had restrictions within religion or something that kind of prevented things from taking off for you? I was in, prior to American Idol, like I said, I've done, I did a lot of theater, a lot of stage. And when I was in high school, my first actual high school um, performance after my accident, I did um, The Wiz, um, which is the black version of The Wizard of Oz. Uh-huh. Um, okay. <laughs> it's awesome. an actual movie. It stars Michael Jackson and Diana Ross. Oh, really? People. Yeah, check this it's, out. It's a great movie. I've never even heard about it. It's a great movie. Um, the Wiz. The Wiz. Uh, yeah, everybody watch The Wiz. Yeah, it's actually, instead of being set in Kansas, it's set in the Bronx of New Ooh, York. Ooh, this is awesome. <laughs> it's kind of like the new Hamilton, right? Right. It's, okay. it's, it's a good, it's good, it's good. So I played the lion. I actually wanted to play the part of the Tin Man. My brother played the lion. Oh, Eric. Did he? My little brother in Utah, yeah. See? We know. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. He, um, I originally wanted to play the Scarecrow. I'm sorry. The Scarecrow is who I wanted to be with because it was Michael Jackson's part. And I really loved his songs. But in the Broadway version of this movie, of that of that um, theater piece, um, they changed a lot of the songs. Yeah. So my choir instructor was like, I really think you should do the lion. So I did the lion. I blew it out of the water and everything. And that was, we were all set to go. So in one of the... Um, performances there was four performances one of the performances there was a um scout a scout from juilliard who had, juilliard who had came to oh i forgot it was juilliard yeah, who had came to the performance and had <laughs> saw me and wanted to and reached out to me to have to offer me a full scholarship to go to the uh, school this breaks my heart every time but unfortunately <laughs> unfortunately during that time, of course, I had a cell phone, but the school does not know any kids' yeah. cell phone numbers. So they reached out to my mother. Go to your parents. My mother has never really been one to be gung-ho for the talent show, for me doing any type of performing arts. Partly because my older brother, he might, he, anything, anything <laughs> like that, my older brother probably screwed it up for us. At yeah, one point. I kind of did that for my brothers <laughs> right. a little bit. So. Any, we always got I, the I back here. Right. <laughs> so... Um, unfortunately she declined the offer. Um, I didn't even tell you. I did not tell me how I, I found out years later and that's because I was moving out of the house and, um, I was packing things up and there was an old answering machine that was there and we never would check the voicemails. We had two, we would always, we never would check the downstairs voicemails. Um, and I just was like, I'm going to see what, you know, a blast from the past, see what people were talking about back then. And I came across the voicemail that they left in regards to that. 
And um, I talked to my mom about it and it was really, it was really difficult thing for me and my mom to get through because I feel as though how much anger was she, there a lot of anger on your end? Um, definitely a lot of anger and um, just feeling just a sense of feeling robbed because Betrayed I didn't almost. get to, I didn't get to make that decision on my yeah. own. I I would have loved to say no for myself. I know I would know, but this I mean, who knows it's where I would have been at? I probably I I might not be talking to you now yeah. if I had it went on to Juilliard. Um, so there was that instance. And then years later I did American Idol, which was its own interesting. Thing. Well, that's so like, that's a story that like right there. So that would be like a defining moment where like your mom's beliefs or like what she wanted for you mm -hmm. was like a huge restriction on like what your right. life could have become. That's true. That's true. And, and so looking back at it now, yes, but I grew up only knowing my mom. My parents divorced when I was very young. Uh -huh. And one thing that I be also because I have an older brother who created so much strife and struggle yeah. and issues be with my with my mom and him growing up. Because my older brother, like I said, if it was something to do wrong, my older brother was gonna do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um and that just created a lot. So I think when I was born, my mom was like, yes another shot like my mom would yeah. sign me up for basketball you were like, you were like a tiger woods yeah my mom would sign me up for basketball tries i freaking hate basketball <laughs> but she, and i think i hate basketball because she would try so hard to make me play yeah, basketball you, it just wasn't your thing i didn't i liked baseball i played baseball for years which she was totally yeah. okay with but she really wanted me to play basketball so with that i always had this growing up i had this mentality of i never want to disappoint my mother yep. and i still have that now but i have been i just rework that, that, you know, I don't think I'm ever going to disappoint my mother. Um, but at that age, I, anything I did, my yeah. decisions played so much of making sure that I didn't upset her or disappoint her solely because of yeah. my older brother. And I, so, and I grew up similar. Like, yeah, I always had like, what, how is this going to affect my parents? Right. Right. And so your decisions weren't used, like a lot of times weren't what, what you wanted to do yeah. or what followed your dreams. Right. And it was more like, how am I going to make them proud? Yeah. Type yeah. Thing. Yeah. So I, it's like I said, that was a defining moment for me, but I don't think it, it, it was a defining moment as far as realizing that I was, something was taken from me yeah. and that it wasn't fair to me. Cause up until this point, I was under the assumption that I, nothing, I never got in. I nothing never, ever happened. Nothing ever happened. But at this point now it's very clear that something was. So yeah. So how, like, so that's kind of the whole point of the podcast. Like you, some people get stuck there. They get angry. They'd right. be like, you robbed me. And right. then they would just like, right. be like, just upset forever, like yeah. Uncle Rico from Napoleon Dynamite. Right. Yeah. I'd have thrown the. I can throw this football <laughs> over them now. And, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like when that happens, mm -hmm. and then now you're gone. So where'd you go to school then? So Ju you didn't. Juilliard didn't happen. So, no. So what happened? I it's, I've always been really good at hair. Like I've always done hair. Like even through high school, I would do all of the girls' hair for homecoming and prom. Like yeah, I'd be doing hair from seven a.m. in the morning to like four o'clock in the afternoon. So I essentially went to school for barbering and esthetician. Um, and this was a new platform for me to try and tr do different things. Yeah. Be a plat because there's so I didn't realize it because my mom has owned a salon for so long, but I always just thought you become a barber, you own a salon, 
that's it. I didn't realize there's so many different facets to it. So I was like, I want to be do platform artistry where it comes to designing hair and doing different color and everything. So, yeah. so that all now was a new type of thing that came to me and I'm like, I'm so excited. Then, so I went through that, graduated. I now also have become extremely interested in skin. So I'm yeah. thinking along the lines of developing a skincare line that's all natural and stuff like that for men and women, okay. um, especially men. Because yeah, you see my skin. Yeah, y'all men yeah. like to just put lotion and bar <laughs> soap on their face, <laughs> thinking that's cute. Exactly. Right? <laughs> Not real. Ask because we don't know any better. Right. Nobody teaches us. <laughs> I'm here to help. There you go. <laughs> but so I have that. But then, of course, as luck would have it, I go into another car accident. Oh my God. <laughs> so you finally start to catch your stride with this. Yeah. Another car accident. Another car. So what's this Oddly one? Oddly enough, right around in the same area as the first oh, car accident. Oh, wow. <laughs> Is this like car to car? This one's car to car. This one I'm driving. Okay. Um, and I'm sitting at, I'm not sitting at a red light, but there's a fire truck that's coming down the street and you're supposed to stop. Yeah. Um, it's midday. There's traffic everywhere. So I can't pull to the right and I can't pull to the left. So I'm stopping right in the middle lane because I yeah. can't go anywhere. And this woman in a bit, I had a sports car at the time. This woman in a giant SUV, a Toyota Highlander comes bare, which is not that big of an SUV, but compared, well, compared to, to your a car. sports car, it yeah. is a little two-seater. Yeah, it's a big car. <laughs> <laughs> she comes barreling down doing 65 miles an hour and does not stop at all. There was no braking happening at all. Oh, and <laughs> she plows into the back of me and pushes me across the intersection over the curb and into someone's front yard. So another bad accident. Another bad accident, yes. Holy cow. My seat breaks on impact. My it lays in the back seat of the car. Then my spare tire comes through my back seat. Um the car oh. is electrical so all the doors seize Are up. Are you crunched? I'm not crunched, but I yeah. did my hit my left knee which is the knee oh, I already had I did slam that into the dashboard instantly you're thinking <laughs> no yes yes because i'm completely awake when this is happening so yeah. i'm insanely alert of my knee yeah. of how bad i've just hit it um oddly enough my knee was not the issue it became my back as the issue just my, the yeah pushed your knee and right kind of my smashed your right. spine my back is what created was eventually what is what became the problem in that particular car accident. I got another injury. Now I have another injury, which essentially after they've after I've went through that and physical therapy, they have now informed me you are not going to be able to do hair. Whatever. So everybody's telling me like, <laughs> so your whole life's like, here's our limiting beliefs. Right. You can't do this. Mm -hmm. And you're like, I've had limits mm. all my whole life. I was born with two hernias. Um, and I had to have surgery when I was like six months old yeah. to have my hernias removed. And they told my mother, he won't be able to play football or wrestling because of these hernias. They, like, he, yes, I, will. I didn't have any interest in football, so yeah. I was totally fine, but I probably would have definitely did wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but essentially, Jeez. I mean, I've always heard, I've always heard I've always these things stuff. that I couldn't do. So and I was like, I can still do hair. I definitely can still do hair. So I continued to do hair for about, I'd say maybe five years. Did you use like a back that. brace and stuff? I would wear back braces from time to time. Um, now I still wear them now, but only when my back is really, really bothering yeah. me. Um, but there was an instance where I was doing hair because in a black salon, we are doing hair it's just like seven o'clock in the morning till late, late at night. So. 
Oh, just so it's so uh, this one will cut me off at 30 minutes. Right. Yes. And so just we'll pause it. But okay. So in a black salon, yes, you're doing hair until uh, from seven o'clock in the morning all the way up until probably nine, ten o'clock at night. Yeah. Because you either got folks either going to the club or they're going to church the next morning. Is it like? I'm, <laughs> I'm th- have you seen the movie Soul on Disney? No, I have not seen it oh, yet. You gotta I've watch it because they got the barber shop. It's but any any barber shop show is exactly like that. They're just like that. They're just yeah. the most fun place on earth. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff going on there. Yeah. I'll, I'll <laughs> pause it right now. Okay. And then we'll come back. I will be back with part two.